In the 2003 film Malibu's Most Wanted, Brad Gluckman faces what many young people face, the quest to find his own identity. He thinks it's as B-Rad G, a brilliant in his own mind rapper. His senator father has other ideas about his identity and will do whatever it takes for both Brad and B-Rad to be neither seen nor heard. Welcome to Hip Hop Movie Club. This show is for Gen X hip hop fans who want to relive the glory days and reconsider classic and modern hip hop films from a current day perspective. Together, we'll explore some of the larger societal issues raised in these films. If you've seen today's movie before, then you'll learn some fascinating trivia you might have missed. If you haven't seen today's movie before, then we'll help you decide whether this film is worth your time. Either way, you'll be a smarter hip hop fan by the end of this episode. In the next 30 minutes or so, you'll get all this and more. We're three old heads who put their old heads together to vibe on these films for you. I'm Dino Wright, serial podcaster and student of film, and I once met Pharrell at Pat Stakes. I'm JB, 80s and 90s nostalgia junkie, longtime hip-hop fan, and I recently performed the Beastie Boys' Paul Revere at a karaoke night. I'm Boogie, a DJ, longtime hip-hop fan, and I once opened up a concert for Exhibit to Far Eye, 112, and Fife Dog. In this episode, we'll answer the question... Will B-Rad G rap his way to stardom, or will the senator rule the day? In Malibu's Most Wanted, B-Rad is Brad Gluckman, the son of a senator who's now running for governor of California, who fears that his son is a distraction on the campaign trail. With Brad's aspirations of becoming a rapper and his glamorization of hood life. The campaign manager hires two actors to stage an abduction to bring Brad to an inner city neighborhood where he will learn to reform his ways. Alright, Boogie, your introduction about opening a concert for exhibit Defari 112 and Fight Dog. I need to hear about that story. It's more uh, interesting than the movie. <laughs> so yeah, so the the rider the rider concert um, for spring nineteen ninety nine, I had the the pleasure of opening up the concert. So what happened was they SEC had their, their hospitality suite which was over in that little room in the um, in Daly's. So I was walked over there and make sure that everybody had everything they needed and everything. And when I got back, they had a hype man. I don't remember the guy's name because it was so, so long ago. He said, um, yeah, do any, does anybody want to go out on a stage and get the crowd hyped up? And he was like, what? He said, yeah, you know, it's probably better to have somebody that the, that the crowd will recognize so that when they walk out, the crowd will recognize him and the crowd will get hyped up. And everybody immediately looked at me like, Levi, you should go out there. I was like, okay. <laughs> he said, so he's like, all right, so what's going to happen is, you know, the music's going to start playing. You're going to hit a DJ, play music, and then we're just going to go out on stage and we're just going to start telling everybody to go, you know, throw their hands in the air and get hyped up and everything. So that's kind of what happened. And then as they, we went out there, um, you know, we were running down who's going to be in a concert. And we were just going back and forth. He said name, I said name, he said name, and I said name. And we were just kind of getting the crowd hyped up. And then, um, yeah, that was pretty much it. But it was fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Did you get to meet Fife at all? Absolutely did. I got to meet him afterwards. Oh, awesome. um, we talked to him for a little while. Real chill down to earth. Yeah, he was he was real, really, really good guy. Like Just like very chill, very humble very approachable like if he was just kind of chilling like people would just walk up to him and start talking and he would just like i remember my friend raheem walked up to him and raheem is big into wearing like 
Well, at that time, he was big into wearing um, uh, sports jerseys. And, you know, Spike Dog is big in, big in sports jerseys. And they were just talking like old friends about different jerseys and stuff. And it was like, wow, it's kind of kind of cool. That's amazing. I got to hang out with um, Exhibit and those guys too. They were funny. Like they were a bunch of clowns. Like they had jokes and jokes and jokes. And I remember they were, I was talking to them and they were like, oh, I guess I had, a, I don't think I have an accent, but they, they picked up on it. They said, where are you from? I was like, oh, I'm from North. Oh, the Brick City. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, that was fun though. It was fun. It was fun. Good times. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I didn't know all the details there. That's awesome. Yeah, man. No problem. Good old days back at Rider University. Absolutely. I met so many people there. Oh, man. <laughs> Got a list of people I met there from them to House of Pain. And <laughs> oh, and I told you the, the Jay-Z story. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> I remember House of Pain being there. Danny Boy and Everlast. And uh, yeah, that was that was dope. Yeah, they were, they were cool. Yeah. All right. So get a little bit into uh, Malibu's Most Wanted. There was actually, so Jamie Kennedy is the star of the show. I think he helped put together this film. There's also starred Tay Diggs and Anthony Anderson, and they went on to much bigger and better things, and they had so many better roles. Do you think that they regret being in this film? What do you guys think? I don't know if they would regret it, because they actually, they were like, I guess, two of the bright spots in the film. Yeah, they were the only good parts of this movie. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed the scenes with the two of them in it. And I think that because they gave such great roles, portrayals in the film, I don't think they would necessarily regret it. I could be completely wrong, though, you know. But I, from that perspective, I think because they actually delivered, I, I don't think that they would regret it. They played the two actors that the senator hires to set B-Rad straight. And they... <laughs> They're not any more hood than <laughs> Brad. He's he's more hood than they are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Sean James and PJ were their roles, and yeah, they were trying to act tough, and they they were tripping over each other <laughs> in the process. Yeah. So that that was the funny part. One of the few redeeming qualities of of the movie. Yeah, I I, I wasn't a fan of it. Uh, I. Do like lowbrow humor, and you know you'll get a little chuckle here and there. But the, I just thought the whole premise of the movie was was lame. Like this white guy that's trying to be a hip hop star, and like for me, that's already been done. Like yeah. the Beastie Boys, Third Base, Eminem, and in fact, the blockbuster movie that Eminem started and helped produce, Eight Mile, was re- was released less than six months prior. So I didn't, I don't understand this concept, like. Oh, it's it's a white guy that's trying to uh, pretend that he's black or be more hardcore ghetto. I'm like, it's it's really cheesy <laughs> beyond my liking. Absolutely. So, so. Yeah. So it was tacky. I was wincing, you know, grimacing yeah. the whole time. Very cringe. <laughs> cringe. Yep, that's the word. <laughs> yeah. Like if you go back, if you go back and watch it, and I mean, we just rewatched it now, and I didn't really watch it when it came out, and. I would not recommend this to anyone. And people looking at it like today would be like, man, we're so much more advanced and diverse and color of your skin doesn't really matter. Like how you act. It's like, all right, the white guy that can talk with, you know, different urban dialects and 
can rap. I was like, okay, what's the big deal? So like for me, it was it was like fingernails on a chalkboard for the whole eighty-seven minutes. I was like, man, how did we sit through this for eighty-seven minutes? Yeah, it's so funny because when we decided that we were going to review the movie, I remember like I don't think I've seen this movie. Like I remember the movie, but as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, this is why I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> this is exactly why I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, just, it's just as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> this could have been a good movie. There could have been there could have been a good movie in this idea somewhere in this concept about exploring why and how black actors deal with stereotypes of being black enough or white people co-opting black culture, but instead they just rely on cheap stereotypes. I mean, (laughs) that and they waste a lot of comedic talent in this film. Yeah. I mean, look at the cast list. It's Tay Diggs, Anthony Anderson, Cal Penn, Terry Crews is in this movie, Blair Underwood's in this movie. I mean, Ryan O'Neill, is he a comedic actor? I don't think so, but they had like decent actors in this movie. Yeah. Regina <laughs> Hall. <laughs> a whole bunch, whole bunch of talent wasted. <laughs> yeah, I was uh I'm a big fan of Cal Penn's from way back when he did Harold and Kumar, then he was on house and he worked in the Obama administration, had a very prominent role, saw interviews with him. And I read his autobiography that was entitled, you can't be serious. That just came out a year or two ago. And he indicated how miserable an experience it was to work on this film. And he played a stereotypical character from the middle East and he's Indian and he, he hated every minute of it. And he definitely regrets being in it. He wished he could erase that from his resume just for that portrayal. But yeah. Um, Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor was in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I like Jeffrey Tambor. I remember him very well from the live action Grinch movie <laughs> with star Jim Carrey. He played the mayor. Yes. He was hilarious in that. Yeah. <laughs> I watch that every every holiday season. So yeah, um, so these are established stars that have had you know a lot a lot of success, and then the, this was just a terrible movie. So we're trying to think of other actors or actresses that are really good actors or actresses, and they were just in some terrible movies. It happens to the best of them. There were some examples that we found online, uh, like Halle Berry's Catwoman, which. You know, after her successes in Monster Ball and, and a ton of other movies, uh, that one kind of flopped. I never saw it. Um, <laughs> I heard how bad yeah. it was. I didn't bother. I, I saw one scene of the movie. I remember she was on a basketball court and she was trying to dribble the basketball, and it looked so weird. I'm like, this is just horrible. <laughs> like and Stanley I'm, I'm, in the office. And I love Holly Berry, like with everything in my soul. I love that woman. And I could not watch. I I was like, I can't do this. (laughs) I was like, I'm not watching this. And I've never watched more than that that little, I think it was not even five minutes. scene, like maybe two or three minutes of the movie. That's all I've ever seen in that movie ever. I refuse to watch it. (laughs) Well, were there like hundreds of. Batman and Batman adjacent movies. There's bound to be some stinkers. Batman and Robin comes to mind. George Clooney yeah. as Batman. Yep. Good actor, bad movie. Uh, yeah. 
Batman versus Superman. I think anyone involved in that was like was was saddled with a terrible movie. <laughs> Sorry, Henry Cavill. Sorry, Ben Affleck. <laughs> so speaking of Ben Affleck, he was in Geely, and that was regarded as one of the worst movies ever made. Um Jayla's done better than that was with Jennifer Lopez too, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. So I don't know if you call Ben Affleck a super talented actor, but you know, Goodwill Hunting that he helped produce, um, along with Matt Damon. That was a really good movie. He's in they're to get back together in the new air movie about the Michael Jordan and the Nike contract, yeah. which is getting some yeah. pretty good reviews, and I'm I'm dying to see that yeah. soon. I heard that's coming out on streaming fairly soon. Yep. Maybe on Amazon. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, I think it's got like a limited release in theaters, but it's going to mostly be on streaming, I believe. And Meryl Streep, very talented and accomplished actress. Uh, Mamma Mia, here we go again, the sequel to the Mamma Mia. I've met Meryl Streep. Oh. Oh, wow. Tell us that story. So my man, Chris, uh, he used to curate shows at Joe's Pub in New York City. And her son uh, goes by the name Henry Wolf, and he has a music career. And he played one of the shows and she came and Chris makes his famous brownies with a secret ingredient, not weed. And this was after, this was after the Julia Child movie she was in. Okay. Like, like so soon after it came out. And of course, Meryl Streep figured out the secret ingredient, not weed that uh, Chris puts in his brownies. And I was like, of course, of course she would know what the, what the secret ingredient is. I don't reveal the secret, but it's not weed. It really is not weed. <laughs> really nice lady. I want to guess what it is. Nice lady. Like nut, nutmeg or something. <laughs> That's cool. I like when they're nice. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Tech is played by Damien Dante Wayans. Yes. Nephew to the Wayans brothers. Or nephew to comedy royalty. I don't know whose child he is, but he's the the um the sister, one of the uh, sisters. One of the sisters' kids. Sons, okay, yeah. gotcha. One more thing about this movie is that it was written by two of the three creators of Mad TV. I think they've done better than Malibu's most wanted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick Swardson was in this. Bo Derek, too, had little bitty roles, and they've been in better things. And Snoop Dogg made an appearance also. Mike Epps, which we've talked about in a lot of other movies. Regina Hall, Niecy Nash, mm -hmm. <laughs> Kelly Martin. Yeah, there's just some cringeworthy, a lot of cringeworthy scenes as well as just the terminology. Like, I think they use the term wigger, which I just can't stand that. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Uh, as a contraction. Also and, very cringe. Yeah. <laughs> and even in a joking fashion, he says... <laughs> I've been dizzown with the brizown. And I was just like, all right. So I'll play you. <laughs> oh Come on now. Come on. Ooh. So this came out in 2003, April 18th, 2003. So what we've been doing recently is kind of like, let's see. Let's talk about some of the good movies. What were the top grossing movies of 2003? Yes. And... It's good to reflect on, on some of those. Disney worked its magic and Finding Nemo yes. was the top grossing film of that year. I love Finding, Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo was a good one. I love that one. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. There was a Pirates of the Caribbean 
Pirates of the Caribbean uh, sequel, The Curse of the Black Pearl. It's more Disney magic. Yeah, more Disney. Yeah, Disney owns the rights there. And Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. A, a terrific film. The Matrix Reloaded. Matrix Reloaded. It's mm-hmm. eh. It was eh. <laughs> it was eh. Bruce Almighty. <laughs> that was riding the Steve Carell popularity a little bit, or, along with Jim Carrey. X2, X-Men United. Never saw it. Mm, it wasn't fantastic at all. <laughs> Sounds like I'm not missing much. No, you're not. <laughs> not. Not one to catch up on. Elf was up there. And rounding out the top 10, Chicago. The, uh, I like that. Know, Silver Screen like Chicago. Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Okay. I think I saw this one. And Bad Boys 2. Solid list. And as a hip-hop theme podcast, some of the big hip-hop tracks from 2003. In the Club by 50 Cent. Ooh, that one. Yeah. All-time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All-time classic. Yep. Get low, a little John and the East Side Boys featuring the Yin Yang Twins. Another classic. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Stand Up by Ludacris. Yeah. PIMP by Fifty Cent. Uh, a couple of other big ones. Hey Ya by Outkast, which is a huge, huge hit. Yeah. Speaker Box Love Below album. I remember hearing about that song. I read it in some sociology type book. They put that out on somebody's top 40 stations and they were really reluctant to play it. They thought it was way too different and out there and they were wrong. (laughs) They, they were like, just, they didn't really get it right. And then like, eventually it got out there, but it should have been a hit even prior to, prior to it's a good pop song. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's more than just a hip hop song. I think. Oh, absolutely. Crossed over. It was a really good pop song. It's so fun. Yeah. It's so fun. I just heard it the other night at a party. Yep. I was trying to count the number of all rights he said. <laughs> Shake it like a Polaroid picture. It's iconic. Ignition remix by R. Kelly. Um, great song. Bad dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of- <laughs> through, through the Wire by Kanye West. I like that one. That, I remember that. That was about his accident. And yeah. His jaw wire shut. Magic Stick by Lil' Kim featuring 50 Cent. Good song. Beautiful by Snoop Dogg and Pharrell. I like that one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's some really good ones. Nelly was big this year. Nelly, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Air Force One, Shake Your Tail Feather. Yeah, it's a pretty good year for hip hop. Yeah, yeah, oh, Work yeah. by Missy Elliott. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All Falls Down. All Falls Down, a great song. Yeah, Stacey Dash ain't been right since that video. <laughs> That's my running That's like the joke. Third time we've said that. In this yep. That is my running joke. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> yeah. uh, put out a bolo for Stacey Dash. Where's she been at? Oh, man. This was a good year for Hippo. I have a bunch of these songs on some mixed tapes, which I actually CDs. When I used to burn songs myself and I ha- I still have some of these discs. This is about the time when I used to make some some mixtapes on yeah, CDs. Yeah, this was the mixed CD uh, era. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Not making Spotify playlists yet. This is Napster and LimeWire. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> also known as Russian Roulette for your PC. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Get a VPN. Malware. 
Who is the Kazai user? You guys, you Kazai users? Oh yeah, Kazai. Yeah, I remember that. Kazai was yeah. a good one. I used Kazai more than LimeWire. Yeah, me too. When Napster went down, Kazai was the move for me. I was afraid to use Napster because all the litigation came out like right away. LimeWire, I used to go to. Yeah, that was that was some kind of period. Yeah. I used to go to, I would go to some of my bold friends and give them a list of songs. Hey, <laughs> you've been doing this for a while. Could you give, I'll, I'll buy you a 50 pack of CDs. <laughs> I'm going to give you a bunch of songs. Would you make some for me? Yeah. So, uh, my friend, my friend Nick used to make me a bunch of stuff. Cue <laughs> up my songs before I got ready for work. Before I got dressed to go to work. And then when I came back from work, I would just be like, oh, there they go. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that was twenty years ago. Woo-wee. Yeah. What? Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah, I guess there's legality behind it. Was if you subscribe to some file sharing service and somebody had them out there, like you're paying for that service, even if it was just minimal, and you'd be able to get some songs. Tricky to navigate that world. Very. Right. <laughs> For Malibu's Most Wanted, who else could have played any of these roles? I don't, I'm not even sure. Jamie Kennedy, B-Rad. Like, I, I was con- confused a little bit, like, if they were kind of mocking Eminem a little bit. There were some things that, like, mirrored a little bit of 8 Mile. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who could play the role because you got to be just like a, a dopey guy that's just <laughs> a buffoon. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. This was supposed to be a, somewhat of a parody of, of Eminem. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. As far as who could play this role, uh, <laughs> should we spend the brain energy to figure this out? I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess someone like a Jim Carrey, someone that could just trip over themselves or something like that, that yeah. could possibly do it. But he would yeah. he's smart enough to have not been yeah. involved in this production. Whoever the successor is to Jim Carrey would be the person. But I don't even know who yeah. that is. Who Who's the new Jim Carrey? Who does that kind of... Very physical comedy. It's a good question. I don't know if there's one I can think of. Well, he has quite a singular talent. Yeah, Will Ferrell does a lot of physical comedy. He's getting up there, though. Yeah, that's the thing. Like These guys are <laughs> not quite the son of a senator kind of idea. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I was thinking of like the frat pack type guys and stuff, and I just read somewhere that there's going to be a sequel to Dodgeball, oh, wow. which I was excited about. <laughs> Wow. I don't think Ben Stiller is going to be part of it, but Vince Vaughn and some of the other guys will be in it. So I, I like that one. When I first, when I watched the movie, I thought, you know, this, if, if you've watched Parks and Rec, I think the character of B-Rad is kind of like a proto, like Jean Ralphio. And so maybe Ben Schwartz could be the, the next kind of like B-Rad. Because he does play that kind of like out there, kind of comedic kind of role i'm not super familiar with with him yeah oh you didn't you haven't watched parks and rec no i need oh, to <laughs> that's a that's worth watching certainly more than Malibu's most wanted <laughs> yeah so i heard this before like zany like out there kind of role is is his role on on parks and rec so mm-hmm. i could see it you know who could actually have played something similar, like Nick, Nick Kroll, because he, he is yes. he does a lot of different yes. characters. So yeah, he's really he actually yes. had. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There, there was a show. He had his own show called the Kroll 
Yes. Kroll show. The Kroll show. Yeah. Short lived. I used yeah, yeah. to love that. He would just jump from character to character. Remind me of like a male, like a Tracy Ullman. Yeah. Or different characters. And he had a guy, Caesar. Caesar. He had a guy, like a white guy with gold teeth. And he had that kind of persona. He also had a club goer and then Bobby Bottle Service. So <laughs> yes. he could pull it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite characters of his is called Jeff the Ref, and he's a he's like an NBA ref. <laughs> he just walks with his belly out, and, and he's just saying nonsense things to the players like, hey, where are we going after the game? Are we going to Sizzler? Where are we going? Where are we going? <laughs> uh, he cracks me up. He's gone on to a lot of a lot of great things. Yeah, I'm a Nick Kroll fan. He does some voice acting also. A lot of voice acting. Out of it, yep. Could this... Malibu's Most Wanted be made into a series, like a Netflix series. I would say no. Please don't. <laughs> no. Uh, not necessary. No, I think people would tire of it. Yeah, not necessary. Yeah, it was tiring for 87 minutes about a whole Netflix series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I don't want to see a backstory or anything further with that. Yeah. Trying to just throw some money away by all means, but it's yeah, not necessary. Send me the money. <laughs> This is kind of no-brainer, but let's go around and let's do a rating. So, Boogie, bring that funky flick back. Bring that funky flick back. Or leave it in the vault. Please, God, please leave it in the vault. (laughs) Go to the vault in the Mariana Trench. (laughs) Check it over. Dinah Wright, what's your rating? Bring that funky flick back or leave it in the vault. Leave it in the vault. Put it under the jail. Yeah, and uh, leave it in the vault. Lock it up, throw away the key. We do not need this one. <laughs> Should I even bother reading through the credits? <laughs> not even you don't have to. Be worth it. Be rad with be ad. Be ad. That should be the last word of this movie. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It was profitable though somehow. Budget was fifteen mil and they made thirty-four million in the box office. How did they do it? <laughs> People were bamboozled. Anyway, <laughs> let it straight. Run them up. Boozled. Malcolm X be spinning in his grave. <laughs> oh, man. Hip Hop Movie Club is produced by your HHMCs, JB, Boogie, and Dino Wright. Theme music by Boogie. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hip Hop Movie Club. On the next episode of the Hip Hop Movie Club podcast, your HHMC's review Hamilton. It drops in two weeks. Subscribe today in your favorite podcast app and you won't miss it. Shout out to you listeners. 
Thanks for tuning in. And remember, don't hate, fascinate. Fascinate. Feeling fascination. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Who did that song? I can't remember. 80s. One hit wonder? Oh. Yeah, look it up now. Human League. Human League, yeah. Okay, they're not. They're not one hit wonder. I like Human Human League. I like that. They had a few good hits, yeah. Shout out to Brain Freeze Trivia in the Lehigh Valley. Check out the Instagram, brain underscore freeze underscore trivia double underscore time. That's brain freeze trivia time on Instagram.